At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Check it out now. No doubt now. Thursday morning, January 20th, 2022. It is the Beating the Book podcast. Megapod Division Round live from the D, our headquarters. Uh, quite the crowd once again here at the D uh, as we do this 9.30 a.m. Pacific. Uh, on my left, the Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports, Derek Stevens Conciliary, and of course half of the Odds On show, along with Amal Shaw at VEASAN. It's Michael Palm. Hello, Michael. Good morning. Did you enjoy your sausages with muffin with egg and hash brown? Delicious. Oh, yeah. Bad form. I didn't know Chris was going to be here. What does that have to do with Chris? I come every time. That might be my last meal. Like uh, if, they, if I'm, you know, pick your last meal, it could be a sausage McMuffin with egg and hash my, browns. It's my go-to order in the morning. Yeah. Uh, that's the voice of Las Vegas, Chris. Multiple handicapping contest winner here in Las Vegas at the Palms, uh, at the Wynn back in the day. Uh, college football, last man standing in 2016. Second and fifth in Circa, not this year, but last year. Then this year had the nerve to chop for NFL last man standing at stations. Glad to have you here, man. Thanks for doing this again. It's good to be here. It's good to get out of the house and see people. <laughs> Did I get your whole resume down? Did I get that pretty much all of it? I don't know. I don't know. Todd Wishnev from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh, PA. How you doing, Toddy? Todd. Hey, hey, hey. So if I'm in uh, Vegas at the end of March, or is your uh, Achilles going to be good enough to play tennis hell, finally? Hell yeah, it will be. Okay, there will be lines available. <laughs> and all I will say, folks, is no matter how much they inflate the lines on me versus my good friend Mikey and Gilly, still lay the chalk. I haven't played in two years, so there you go. That's the, that's the issue with that. Um, so wait, I have a question for Mikey and Todd before, and Chris, forgive me for, for going to the uh, to the board here. But what did we do with division round? Do we still give three picks? Is that what we did last year? Oh, so, so I don't know what we did, but I'm suggesting we go down to two. I, I would agree with that. Let's go to two picks this week. Says the leader. No, I'm uh, the leader. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What'd you say? What'd you right, say? But Mike, yeah, I don't think password? he's doing that to run out the clock. Oh, I don't know if you. What, what, you ask Mikey. Who what's knows? the password here? Who you know? knows? Who knows? Why don't you well, say Mikey, it on the podcast? If, if that's everybody the case, knows. Mikey, if that's the case, he's just trying to run out the clock. We should increase it to six picks. I'm thinking, I'm thinking eight. You got to give a side in total on every game. <laughs> yeah, if we go down to two, I'm your winner. By the way, I have the best record of the bunch. What about next week? What about next week? Oh, there's still. I mean, but you guys can't catch yeah. me at this point, can you? For what? I'm one game behind. You. You're one you're, game you're behind. You went 0-2 and no, one. I went three and zero. 
Yeah, but weren't uh, you like no, distance no. behind? Wait a second. Well, what, Wait what, a second I made up two and a half right. games, so I must have been three and a half games okay. behind. So we'll go. Mikey, we'll go to. We'll, so what are we doing? Two picks is fine. Two picks is fine. Okay. And uh, the teaser. What's the teaser? We're very close on. Well, first of all, give all the standings then, yeah. Todd. Okay, so <laughs> Mikey is twenty-seven, twenty-nine, and one. Can we do this in order of like like a normal person lists? He always record. goes okay, to the middle. 20, it kills me. You. Okay, you are 28, 28, and 1. Oh, man. Mikey is 27, 29, and 1. Oh, my God. So he's God. one feet behind. What the hell happened I am there? 23 and 34, so oh I'm out God. of it. Oh, my God. Caesar, you're like in the, like the Felica range Chris now. Just Chris, now I'm feeling I, better about Chris, my season. Chris, Chris, I had to go off of them. Otherwise, I had no way to come back. Oh, I no, understand. Yeah. That would happen. Good strategy. And then the teasers? I was 50. One second. I was a solid 50 and 40 in my uh, million. And the teasers... <laughs> I was. That's why. No, it was fifteen forty bad, Mikey. What is that bad? No. Okay. So it's, why do you gotta? Why do you gotta just? Uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Teasers. Right now the records are me eleven and eight, and the two losers ten eight and one. I'll two losers, a half that. game back now. All of a sudden. Losers are ten eight and one. Michael Palm and Gilly the Iceman, who are very condescending. Anyways, that's what it is. And teasers is very important, obviously, and that's why I'm leaving. All right, so, Chris, before we give our thoughts on uh, divisional round games, uh, you just indicated right there that you did not have the greatest football season ever. Is it fair to say that it just got real squirrely this year with COVID and with late injury reports? What would you say was the difference this year? Or, or can you even define such a thing? Oh, I, you know, for me, I, you know, I was really unhappy. Uh, for a while, and now I've started to realize I should be happy that I'm just hovering around even. I was actually up, and then I had a one and three last week, and now I'm like right around even, you know, trying to hold my head above water. But whatever could go wrong seems to have gone wrong this year. I mean, it, it, it uh, you know, you have to take coin coin toss games with stride. I I got a lot of breaks last year, and I said that all along. If you don't mm -hmm. get lucky. You can't have seasons like that, but uh, it's the inverse this year. So, I'm, you know, it's just awful uh, in that respect. But that's okay. It's, you know, hey, that's part of gambling. You take yep. that in stride. You don't piss and moan about it and you don't whine about it. And uh, uh, But I've, I've fought against that, and uh, I believe the metrics are not following suit uh, in most cases the entire season. I'm, I'm seeing an inverse of of generally people that don't fare well in NFL having a lot more success. I think the books had uh, far more bad weekends than in years past, and it and it's an anomaly, yeah. and that's fine. I can live with that. If this is going to be my worst season uh, in years, and I'm and I'm I can still be up for the year, uh, I'm I can live with that because variance is hard to fight. I mean, some people's you know bad season this year is really bad and and roxy roxborough still said out loud in public he goes i thought you know i used to say that no one could beat the nfl but las vegas chris may have proven me wrong Ugh. so there it is so you need but to know also remember any hundred picks is such a small yes, sample size it is. people yes. think 100 picks is a lot of picks it's nothing no try a thousand picks then you start to get into some That's right 100 picks is absolutely nothing so you've got to you know you're 100 percent even right. mike even Mikey's stellar 27, 29, and 1 is not a lot of picks. Even your 23 and 34, not a lot of yes, picks. Yes, that one too. Not a lot by of the picks. Way, and by the way, I had my best NFL in-game season this year. So, again, I caution you folks, especially in these playoff games, be careful. And if you 
Wait till the end game. You have such a better chance. All right. So that being said, we're doing two pre-flops per person. Uh, NFL Divisional Round. Uh, after a wild card weekend where four of the six games were completely done by halftime, uh, just four absolute clunkers, a fifth game, the Bengals and the Raiders, that was marred by, I'll use the word again, clunky officiating. Mikey, I know you can appreciate that kind of thing. Uh, and then the only other game that was, you know, the only other game, San Francisco-Dallas, that was fun. Obviously, gaffes on both sides of Kyle Shanahan and uh, Mike McCarthy, famously. But that was the one game that really sort of played out nicely. But that was a tough week to get through. We're going to, you know, I, I don't want to complain too much because we're going to pine for football here in a couple weeks. But um, that was a tough weekend. But at least what it might have done by getting rid of the stinky teams, talking about Philly and Pittsburgh and Arizona and uh, the Eagles. No, who, who else? What was the fourth team? Patriots. Patriots. If you're going by results. Patriots by results. The well, they weren't. You know what? They weren't. If you power ranked them, they weren't in my top eight either. I think we have the right eight teams. I think these are the best eight teams in football. You don't think so? No, I want to pose this question. Yes. If you had to go one way or the other, and Todd, you can answer this first. Would you rather see an eight-team playoff where nobody gets a bye or go back to the six-team format where the one and two seats get a bye? I like the six teams better. I mean, no, okay, let me put it this, this way. The better in me likes more games. Obviously, more games, more opportunities in-game. The, the fan in me likes the six games better. I don't like this extra game. Remember, in the six-game format, we had the Seattle Seahawks or this in the Saints game. Didn't they have like a 7-8-1 record or some ridiculous record? They got in the playoffs as the sixth seed and won that game. I like a six-team playoff. I always go for less playoff teams than more playoff. And I think if baseball makes the mistakes and opens up their playoffs oh, to more oh, teams, stop it. it is just going to be, you know, ridiculous. And, you know, well, anyways, it's totally uninteresting sport. Thank God you can bet on it. But if you uh, – if more playoffs for me is always bad. I don't like – I think Todd answered that perfectly. I do as well. I, Thank I, you, I think you uh, – the, the, everything you said about being a better, yes. But from a fan's perspective – and it makes sense intuitively, right? If you get three, six, four, five matchups, you will have better football games to expand it to a seventh team, which is just on the edge of having half the teams in your conference in the playoffs. You are bound to get two seven games that are awful. And none of us believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Philadelphia Eagles were playoff teams. Like when we think of a NFL team that is worthy of the playoffs, those teams don't leap off the page. And... And with apologies to the Patriots and the Cardinals, who also put up clunkers, but I think we all think that the Patriots and Cardinals were vastly better teams, by and large, than the Eagles and the Steelers were. Now, will it work out perfectly that cleanly, where the seventh seed is so much worse than the sixth each and every year? Probably not. But remember, if the Niners don't come back from 17 points against the Rams in Week 18, we're subjected to not only the Eagles, but also the Saints as well. So I'm totally with Todd's answer. I think it's perfectly answered. You? That, that's why I suggested. I, I don't like the seven teams. I think it's diluted the playoffs. Do you agree with I'll me? tell you what. I don't even like the 17th week of football. I mean, I like it. Again, I like it for betting. But it's too many games. So, okay. It's just too many games. I've said this in d different ways all year. Don't you feel like adding the 17th game in some way triggered NFL teams, not necessarily to go into load management, but that it almost mentally triggered something where they were like, you know what? We can't go full throttle on all these games. 
I use the Bills in his example. You're, you're nodding, Chris. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I think we're due for a change in strategy. Uh, you know, we're obviously going to see an 18th game. We can't avoid that. They should have just done it all at once. And I think you're going to have to have these teams start to have two quarterbacks and learn how to play with two quarterbacks. You can't keep a quarterback healthy for, you know, 18 games plus playoffs. Uh, it, that's w- Which would completely change the sport as we know it, right? Well, it's going to change it. And, you know, I don't understand why these teams are, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having two decent quarterbacks. And I think teams that can get a great backup uh, and actually play them intentionally every now and then, uh, and give their quarterback some time off, I, I think they're, they're going to be at an advantage. You know, Tampa Bay's plan was probably going to be that if they didn't, you know, hit so many injuries uh, throughout the season. I think that you would have seen them sitting like the Lakers and the Nets do in basketball. The, the Bills are a great example, Todd. Sorry to, sorry to jump on you, but your point is great, which is that the, I lost my survivor play on the Bills playing the Jags. The Jags beat them 9-6. to six. Then remember the Bills' first performance in that wind-swirl game against the Patriots where Josh Allen didn't even run. Like, they refused to run Josh Allen that entire game. If they run him five times, they probably win that game, you know, every time they, they do that. And you think about that Buffalo Bills team versus the one that we saw here last week. Those are There's nothing even relatable about those two outfits. And so I just think that that's new to us. I, I absolutely agree with you that the 17th game is too much. It, it did something, I think it did something to the fiber of the league, not to be too dramatic about it. It's 6% more football. I mean, think about that. If it was a baseball season, would that be another 12 games? We'd have a 174 game season. Or if it was an NBA basketball season, it'd be an additional, what, six more games? It'd be at 88 games. It's a tremendous amount more, more you know, it's too much. Why would it be 12 Anyways, games? I was, it's six times well, 162. It's not even 10. No, it's 6%, isn't it? Is 6%. It 6%? Yeah. It's one game divided by 17. Right, so 6% of 162. One game divided by 16. Yeah. So that's... It's not so 12. It's, it's 11. Not, no, it's, it's, 11. It's, it's not 10%. It's 11. No, it's not either. It's not 10 it's either. It's 11. Yeah. 10% is 16, Mikey. Yeah. It's 11. 1.6. Yeah, he's right. Todd is right. What are right. you talking about? No, Todd is right. 10% is like 16, that. so 5% is 8 no, if you right. add and one... And 6% is about 11 or 12. It's about 10, no. 10 and a half, yeah. whatever. It's not 12. No, no, okay, you... sorry for making it three quarters. I made it 7.5%. It's upsetting to me because you're all about math and charisma. Okay. Sorry, 10.6. 10.6. Charismatic, I believe it's called. Yeah. Wait, Yo, so, can, I, can I ask a follow-up Please, question? of course. Because remember... And I have another follow-up that I want to uh, ask you See, guys. this is what Chris loves when we don't get to the picks. Yeah. No, I, I want Chris's opinion. Yeah. I want Chris's opinion on this too, because I bet you he has an opinion. I remember you saying that you used Buffalo against Jacksonville because you thought they were Fugazi. I thought who was Fugazi? Buffalo. Buffalo. And correct. you wanted to get them out of the I way because they're not, the and you thought That's that exactly was the spot. Right. Yes. Have you changed your opinion on that? No, I think I was, I think I'm correct. Buffalo has, Buffalo has had the easiest schedule in football. Like, they have played, if you go through it, this also gets back to my Tennessee Titans point, which I think I made this morning on a numbers game, which I think is the biggest sort of under, like, not talked about enough story in football this year. Like, if Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl first year away from New England was the big story in football last year, I think if Tennessee wins this week, if they lose this week, different story. But if they win and at least get to their championship game, I think the biggest underrated story in football is the Tennessee Titans being the number one seed... This relates back to the Buffalo question. 
and and the fact that the market still hates them is a fascinating point to me because I don't remember a number one seed that has been this disrespected. Because usually if a, if a team like this, and by the way, there's only one team that gets a buy right now these days. The fact that Tennessee ended up with a number one seed, if people underrate them, usually the knock is, oh, well, they didn't play anybody. No, in fact, they not only played everybody, they beat everybody, right? They beat Buffalo, they beat San Francisco, they beat the Colts twice, they beat the Rams, uh, they beat the Chiefs. And then the other knock would be like, oh, well, maybe the teams they played had all the injuries. No, it was Tennessee who had all the injuries, right? They had the, their best player was out nine weeks and their second best player was out four weeks. And I think so. And that's that's I think how people it's a fascinating story that people still hate on them, hate market wise, whereas Buffalo now currently at the moment people love, but they played nobody. I think I think it's the most interesting thing about the NFL this year. Why do you say they played nobody? Look at their strength of schedule. They, it's, it's one of the worst. Okay, let's look. 30, they, let's, they went to rated. Tennessee. They lost Wait, let's, at let's, Tennessee. Yeah. They went to Kansas City. No, I know, but when I'm you put it collectively, you because the because the Jets are so bad. Yeah, because they played the Jets twice. The, they played the, the Dolphins was were almost a five hundred team. Okay, I'm just, okay, I'm I'm just doing the math. Tampa on it. Bay. Yeah. They played Tampa Bay. They played yeah. Indianapolis, obviously. They played Tennessee. They played Kansas City. They played the very vaunted Wufties. Who they in week three? Say who they beat, right? I'm joking. The Wolfies are not very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they beat a couple of good teams. You understand the point. Yeah, I understand yeah. the point. I just yeah. don't think that I would say they had they had the worst, the easiest schedule in the league. Well, someone, I mean, someone on the show today said they did have the 32nd straight schedule. They do, but I think yeah. I think uh, strength of schedule is completely overrated in Depending the NFL. Depending on how you played it, yeah. You, how can you factor? You have to factor in when you played yeah. each team. And that's who what was people, playing quarterback that game. And who was playing and what their situation was. And then if you try to tell me that a bad team or a bad team playing their best game is factored in if you played in that situation, the same as when you play a good team playing an off game that they didn't show up on, how do you factor and quantify that? No, there's no question that it's not a clean stat, right? Yeah. But I'm saying I just find that because Mike started with the Buffalo Fugazi thing. I mean, listen, I made the point before. The team that played Jacksonville and the team that played the first game against New England doesn't look anything like this team now. Now it looks like if they just, hey, they commit to Josh Allen doing what he does, how, he's impossible to defend. Will the Bills, if they beat the Chiefs and Tennessee beat Cincinnati, be a road favorite in the yes. AFC Championship? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Gets back to the, the now, point I'm I making. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Because this is something I see all the time, and you can actually take advantage of this in in-game, and I want to know if you guys look at this. Um, a couple years ago in a numbers game, I mentioned that teams would start to get smart about not getting a first down and goal at the 9 or 10-yard line. There's all kinds of data to show it's much harder to get a touchdown on first and goal from the 9 or 10 we than it is from this, first yeah. and goal from the 3 and 4. Mm -hmm. I am noticing this more and more because when you have a team you need to score and the guy gets tackled at the 10-yard line, I immediately go, damn, we're not going to get a touchdown. Me too. Right? Because, Me too. Because you're, we're, it's first and goal at the 10. You're going to make some stupid play to the 6th. And then it's three plays to get it in from the six. It's a disaster. The second, so the second and goal running play from the eight always uh, kills me. It's so brutal. So, <laughs> so, so here's the thing: yeah. you can actually take advantage of this in in-game because I don't think they're sophisticated enough to, like, let's say as the team is driving, they give them a 4.5 expected return on this drive. When they get first and goal at the ten versus first and goal at the four, I don't think they adjust it properly. 
So you can take advantage of this in-game. Great I don't point. know Great what point. you guys think about this, I but I, I wanted to hear what you guys thought about it because I am always of the opinion when I don't want them to score, please don't be first. Please don't be first and go from the floor. I agree one thousand percent. But the only re the only reason the only other thing I remember about our conversation on the numbers game about it though is that Todd thought the teams would get hip to it and try right. to like. Game, Go at it like if you're yeah, driving, play right, right. The like if game you're running differently. Play like call if Justin Jefferson has the ball and he's running at like the twenty and he sees an opening, that's the like part he'll I go out with. of bounds at the, at the fifteen. No, I know they won't do it, Gilly, because yeah. you're probably right. They're yeah. not smart enough to think that through. That's but right. if they were really, really, really smart, you would think that they would do that so that they could get a first down at the sixteen to give them a better chance. Is that not crazy? I think it's it's much more important than people give it credit for. Todd, I think the rules committee should take a look at a rule where if there's pass interference in the end zone and a team has the ball at the 30-yard line or further out, they have the option of first and goal at the 10 or half the distance. <laughs> the team would rather have first and 10 at the 15 than first and goal at no, the 10. I, you know what I thought you were going to say? When they fumble the ball out of the end zone oh, the instead of doing the stupid thing where yeah. it's turned to no, possession. No, wait, are you joking, Mikey, about that? Or do you not see the, this, this no, issue? What would you rather have? If you were the head coach, would you take first and 10? Oh, at first the... and goal at the 15, for sure. First I'd and 10. I'd much rather have first and goal at the Right, first and 10, ten at the 15, 15 than yeah. first and goal at the 10. Yeah. I'd much rather have it. What do you guys think? Todd, you're Am on I fire. I, I agree, agree with everything. You agree? I agree. Yeah. Uh, every I agree completely. It's one. And you, by the way, never one time in any broadcast in the history of pro or college football they ever talk has about anybody this. ever made this yeah. point. Not once. Well, that's why I'm not an announcer. That's exactly why you're not hired. They're they're against they're against fat people, and they won't put me on, <laughs> even though I have these great insights. But here, but here, the the real truth is, as soon as my guy gets tackled first and goal at the ten, I'm about to cry. You know, I know I'm in trouble. It it's is unbelievable. Todd, I have the exact same thought in my head. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to go well. Todd, at what point do we start with the picks? Right now. Uh oh, we barely started the Dude, podcast because of Todd. I thought, Mikey, you can make fun, but I thought this was some insightful discussions. Even yeah. what you had to say, I thought was quite even. Insightful. Yes, right. even because yeah. there's, because well, there's you're only... going to take oh, shots God, at me, Mikey. Just, I'm coming right back. He's at never going to shut up. We have four games: two on Saturday, two on Sunday. So we've decided collectively, I believe we have. That we're reducing it to two best bets. Yes. Because go to three is nonsense. So two best bets. Uh, Las Vegas, Chris, your first of two. Well, I'm, I'm completely unprepared here. It's so. okay. It's all right. Uh, whatever you got. What do we have on Saturday? You know what I like? I like. Is this like a pop-up podcast on your... You don't understand what my life's like without my Blackberry. I feel naked. I forgot his Blackberry today. Yeah. Just awful. Just plain. <laughs> Are you kidding, Chris? That you still, but you don't. Of course, I have a blackberry. Do you want us to go around and get back to you? No, no, okay. I'm okay. I, you know, on Saturday, on Saturday, I like at Bed Three Six Five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. San Francisco, uh, it, 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 wow. uh, it actually looks too easy. It really does. I, I realize that San Francisco has been on the road for a bunch and, um, I like the way that they rebounded after they left it all on the table to get into the playoffs because if they were going to have a letdown spot, it was going to be last week. Uh, obviously, we have to worry about the three key injuries in the game, but it looks like for the most part they're they're headed in. Um, metrically, uh, we all know Green, Green Bay sort of in that Tennessee category of always overperforming their metrics. And it, it kind of just – I've said it uh, before – Green Bay plays uh, football games like I shoot pool where, you know, I goof around until I can make the balls and or until I have to do something and then I do it. So I look like crap and I perform like crap. And then if I get an opening, I take the opening. So uh, it seems like that's how Green Bay plays. And uh, San Francisco rates higher than Green Bay on my metrics and giving them six points in a game like this, I mean, with the coaching they have, with Samuel and uh, Kittle, they haven't even been using Kittle lately. Uh, you know, he's been a nothing burger. I, I, I just think Are you worried about t- Jimmy G, Chris? Are you worried about Jimmy G's well, injuries? Yeah, of course I am. But, you know, it's not like you're, you're, you're uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a field has to go in there. At least he, he, he's had some success. He's got some time in there. And uh, he's not going to be completely virgin to the situation. But uh, the uh, I, I just think six points is just, you know, ridiculous in this matchup, especially with how many times Green Bay just lets people hang around, hang around. Uh, you know, a lot, they had a lot of close calls this season. And uh, I just don't think that they uh, – I, I think San Francisco is good enough to stay with them. They're, they should be running the ball down their throat the entire game. And uh, I know San Francisco's secondary is, is, is vulnerable, but uh, I just see that uh, that six points is going to make the difference. And it's not going to surprise me to see San Francisco win. But, uh, you know, primarily this is based on my metrics, which, you know, I use 55 different uh, inputs on it. So I'm not going to pull out, you know, a handful of, of stats at any time and say, well, they're number one in this, number two in this. Because, you know, I like to merge them all together and i think it's a culmination of a lot of things so uh that's my feelings on that game so san francisco plus the six six todd yes six yes six. and we're mm-hmm. still waiting to hear as chris said on bosa on warner jimmy g's got the injuries mikey what's your first can i give my second sure because it's the same as chris okay this is the 49ers um <clears throat> We've, uh, on our show, Odds On, sort of revolutionized VEASAN in that we do a segment where Amal guesses the lines. <laughs> <laughs> and for Nobody's doing div- that. Div- Nobody's <laughs> doing that at all. That's good stuff, Mike. Well, some might copy it now. But for Divisional Weekend, yeah. Amal, it's almost ge- like no Hyper Bowl. Amal, Amal guessed three and a half for this game as the number. And I didn't think he was that far off. I knew it already, though. You know, I knew so, it. The so did I, by the way. So yeah. Felica, Felica E and I had this thing. Well, while the Niners were beating the Cowboys, Felica said three. Mm-hmm. I said, no, it's three and a half or four. He said four and a half. And then when the injuries started coming, yeah. we were like, oh, we got to throw this out the window. Yeah. But yes, to give the difference. In 1998, um, in her self-titled debut solo album, 
the miseducation of Lauren Hill, the first track released was Everything is Everything, which really described the Cowboys and 49ers <laughs> game in, in Dallas on Sunday. Everything you expected happened. The 49ers had a creative, effective running game. Dak performed small on a big stage. Jimmy G turned the ball over at a critical time, and Mark McCarthy's game management reared its ugly head. Everything you would have predicted happened. happened. The 49ers absolutely dominated the game. If he hits Ayuk, they win by three touchdowns, right? And, and, and I think that... And if he doesn't throw that pick. That sort of shook his confidence. Um, but I look at it this way. Here's how I analyze this game. On that day where we celebrate the Carpenter's son's birth, Cleveland went into Green Bay, and despite... Four Baker Mayfield interceptions. You're talking about the Jewish carpenter had, or the Jewish carpenter? Had a chance, well, a minor prophet. Had a chance to win that game. Now, tell me this, Todd, and I'll ask you. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G? Jimmy G. Yeah. Would you rather have the Cleveland running game or the 49er running game? Push. Would you rather have the Cleveland defense or the 49ers defense? Niners. I'll 49ers. I don't think you can argue. I, you could argue the first two are a push. Maybe Jimmy G and Baker. But look, I think they're a much better team, and Cleveland, by all rights, should have won that game. Green Bay's been unimpressive down the stretch. I think it's way too many points. I'll take the six. He'll take the six. And it's sliding down to five and a half. We just went to five and a half. I, can I jump in and give my number two? Absolutely. I'm on the San Francisco 49ers plus six. I, 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 this, this defies, when we have three people agreeing on the same game, it gets ugly here. But for all the reasons stated, and yes, I know about the injuries. And if that turned here towards the end of the week, then obviously that would be an issue. But just based on what we're just talking about, the guesses of the line during that game, this is this is too much. It's just too many points for a Packers team that, by the way, you brought up the Cleveland Browns. That last game of the regular season, where Baker Mayfield threw the pit, the pick to Rasul Douglas, it was his fourth pick of the game, and, and Green Bay held on to beat Cleveland. The image of Aaron Rodgers standing on that sideline watching helplessly to see how that game played out. And you thought to yourself at the time, who are the teams in this league built to beat the Packers, specifically also at Lambeau? They're all in the AFC except for one, right? Indianapolis, Cleveland, Tennessee. Big running games. The only team in the NFC was the Niners. Another reason why the Niners coming back in Week 18 to beat the Rams was everything for these postseason. So San Francisco for this postseason. San Francisco is my number two. Dad? Okay, I'm going to go with um, the under in that game. Mm. Under 47 Ooh. in that game as my second pick. I'll just start with that game uh, also like you guys did. I like under 47 in Green Bay and San Francisco. Green Bay plays from what I'm told, the slowest pace in the NFL, meaning you know they take the longest time before they snap the ball. Uh, I think the Niners uh, also are going to want to protect Jimmy with all his injuries and try to slow the game down. Also, I was really impressed. Look, I like the Niners' defense all year, but I really liked what they did going into Dallas. I think they'll be able to slow Aaron Rodgers down a little bit. And, um, you know, 47 still a decent amount of points in an NFL game. I'll take under 47, you know, 26-20, and you're in uh, final. And uh, and you get the W. I just think that there's going to be a lot of running in this game and and a, a slow-paced game. I, again, I don't think they're going to let Jimmy just throw it all over the field, knowing that he can blow up in 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 you know at any moment. 
Chris, number two for you, sir. Why do I have to go again? Oh, you don't want to go again? No, I'm debating on my number two. All right, two. Mikey and I, I want to see if we match on one and two. You want me to go first, or you want to go first for your number one? Well, you have the lead. so te- I have it written down already, so I'm not changing anything. I got the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, we match. One. There we, we match. go. We That's my guy. I think this is Minus three this might be as big a mismatch in this round as I thought Tampa and Philly was in the first round. It, it's wow. Oh, that's that's I, something. Yeah. I, I honestly think you know we we've we've come to say also that home field advantage doesn't mean as much in the NFL as it used to. We quantified it at three points back in the day. Now it's less. I, I actually think. We sort of get away from that in the playoffs a little bit. I think home field still matters in the playoffs. And I think the return of Derrick Henry, despite the fact that I had Ed Fang from the Power Rank on a numbers game <laughs> yesterday, and he talked about how – did you hear that I, conversation? I did. He, he talked about how Dante Foreman's uh, average per carry and his yards after contact are relatively the same. And I just – I just push back on something like that. And I had Jeff Schwartz on this morning. And as a former offensive lineman, he just talked about it. He goes, yeah, we block the same. But knowing that you have this guy that can just break one at any given moment, there's just a different mindset to it all. I I think the Titans, again, dovetailing back to the earlier comments, I think they are the most criminally underrated thing going. I think the Bengals, I love the Bengals. Look, who doesn't love Joe Burrow? But I do think they're a year away. And while watching that Raiders-Bengals game last week, I started to think to myself, I don't know if I would mind the, the Titans playing this. I have Titans futures. I don't know if I would mind the Titans playing this Bengals team. I think the Titans defense is going to really rise up. I think Derrick Henry is going to gain a ridiculous amount of yards in this game. And I think the Titans are going to quietly dominate. I think it's going to be the most ho-hum game of the weekend. And I think the Titans win going away. And by the way, Gilly, did you know that in the last eight games, Cincinnati has only played one legitimate road game? Yes. All the other six games were at home. One game was at Cleveland where they didn't try, so throw that one in the garbage. The only game that was on the road in that entire series of the last eight games was Denver. at Denver, mm-hmm. where they squeaked it out because of the last uh, second first half field goal when Fangio messed it up, and they, they end up winning 15-10. to 10. So all this pro-Bengals thought process is based on a lot of home games. Gil, when you were away... Um... I asked the question of Todd and Frank Schwab because I think this this game features the only two viable Coach of the Year candidates. I do. Who too. you would vote for if you had a vote? To me, it's not really close. I don't think it's close. I either. think it's Vrabel and really it's not. Close. I do too. <laughs> I, I've always said it's who he overcame all those injuries, got the number one seed, and I get it. That the, the Bengals from preseason numbers overperform more than anybody. I said to Frank Schwab, well, what about the argument the Bengals were 25 to 1 to win their division? He said, so they were mispriced. What does that have to do with Coach of the Year? That's a great point. Yeah. Well, and Vrabel's mother is Japanese, so that's another Vrabel's thing. married to a girl that was <laughs> a year behind me in high school. Really? She was a, one yeah. of the best volleyball players in the country, and she would she got a scholarship to Ohio State, and that's where they met, Jen Bolin. But they have a terrific family. Anne Bolin? He married Anne Jen, Bolin? Jen Bolin. Oh, I thought you said Anne Bolin. Not Anne Bolin. Sorry. Okay. Chris, you want to go? Todd, are you ready? Todd, are you ready, Chris? We'll let you know what the other three games Todd, are if you Todd, want. Todd, <laughs> Todd, I'll number, give you number two. No, we're only doing two, Mike. Yes. We're only doing two. Yeah, I know, but I'm joking. Make, I'm yeah. joking. You're Todd, too quick two. again for him. Todd, well, I'll pick sorry, a different game. I, you know what? I'll go with the Rams here. Okay, Ooh. that would have been my number three. Uh, I don't like the way Tampa Bay is basically backed in. You know, on my metrics, uh, they Tampa Bay played a pretty easy schedule for the uh, last quarter of the season, and they still rank near the bottom 
I have him 30th uh, over those over that time period um, on my metrics, and uh, I you know meanwhile you've got the Rams, which they haven't been uh, uh, top 10 during that time period, but they they have shown some improvement. I worry about their inconsistencies and stuff, but you know when you look at Tampa Bay from last year, they weren't expected to run the table. And they, they, and they they got so lucky. They benefited from a lot of luck. I believe they were plus eleven or the twelve. Fumble. The fumble by Cook across the middle, and they don't win that game. They're out. And the Jedi mind trick on Matt Lafleur. <laughs> they were How did he lose that. They were like plus ten or eleven or twelve in the turnover ratio, in just in the playoffs, just in that short little stretch. They got very very lucky. And then everybody, you know, it's Brady this, Brady that. Oh, they're miracle workers. That team's not the same team. They're missing a lot of players. And they're dinged up. They're not in any decent form. Remember last year, they went in with perfect form last year. So I have a future on them to win the uh, the NFC. Uh, I do too. So, and I don't think it's going to win. But, uh, and, and, and I think we get a little extra value just with the Brady cover 60% aura. Uh, you know, I, I, how many times are we going to hear it this week? You can't bet against Brady. How can you bet against Brady? Well, because I'm getting an extra couple of points because that's your people like you keep saying that. So uh, now I worry about Stafford, whether he, you know, he's always hiding injuries and he had a good game last game, but they're balanced. You know, they're running the ball more. Uh, they're not relying on the pass as much and they're just very balanced. And I think it's a perfect spot for them to be able to, uh, uh, to win. And, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, I don't have my data, but, uh, you know, they covered last year in, in Tampa Bay. They, they, they beat them up. Uh, didn't they beat them up already this season? Week three, they beat them 38-28 right. in L.A. So, you know, they match up okay. And um, you're not going to have any weather factors. You're not going to have any major rest factors. Uh, I just think uh, the Rams actually have uh, the tools to give the Lions a lower draft picks. Oh, and, and beat Tampa Bay. Do you right. think, and I'll ask Gil this as well, since he says the Rams are his third pick, do you think they can run the ball, though, against Tampa? No. And, and I, so it, to and me, this becomes a referendum on I, Stafford. I was just going to quote you because right? I heard you on the way. Oh, this yeah. You said it's a referendum <laughs> on Stafford. Yeah. yeah, it probably is. Probably is a referendum on Stafford. By the way, Jeff Schwartz was on this morning. His entire analysis, he goes, don't bet against Brady. That was his entire analysis yeah. on this game. A lot of people. He also said the Steelers' offensive line was okay. He also said he's, he's he also said he's tired of listening to you and he wants to go home when he was on this podcast. Well, that's fine. He can he can get he can get annoyed for no reason. That's fine with me. Um, Adam Chernoff is way, here, I, by the way. So let's uh, wrap up your second pick. We'll get Adam in here for for the the answers to all of these questions. Todd, what's your number two? It's his actually his way, number one. Say, oh, number one. Rams was going Rams first. was going to be my number. That was going to be my number three pick. I'm not going to take. I couldn't agree more with what Chris said. The, I think. The, the, there's something wrong with this Buccaneers team. The only thing I'd be afraid of is Stafford, and that's the question. But my number one pick is going to be the under in the uh, Bengals-Titans game. Uh, under 47 and a half. Is that what you have, Gil? Under 47 and a half, I believe. Yes, let me check. Okay, da, 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 yeah. Under 47 and a half in the Titans-Bengals yeah. game. Uh, as I was mentioning, the Bengals have done all this positive stuff. Six uh, six out of the seven games when they tried were all at home. The one game, as I said before, that they weren't at home was at uh, Denver, and they barely were life and death to win that game. Uh, 
I just didn't like the fact that they were settling for all those field goals. I think Tennessee will be able to hold them to a lot of field goals as well. Of course, it's going to be Derrick Henry to the left, Derrick Henry to the right, Derrick Henry to the middle. So that will give us a lot of running. So I'm going to go under 47 and a half in the Titans Bengals in uh, my number one pick. All right. Let's bring Adam Chernoff in, everybody. Adam, back on the show from Canada. Where in Canada are you in Alberta? Yeah, west of Calgary in the uh, the cold of mid-January winter. What, it is what, how cold is it? What's the temperature? Uh, minus 18 Celsius. Oh, yeah. That's which is cool. actually nice. So, What it, is that in Fahrenheit? Pro close to the same, I think. <laughs> what is that? Uh, I think it is about the same. Nine fifths. What is that in Kelvin, Adam? What is that in Kelvin? What do you got there? Minus 18 is the you got me on that one, conversion. Let's do a conversion on minus 18. Yeah, my uh, girlfriend lives in Toronto. She's Canadian. She, I, I tell her what the temperature is, and she goes, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Did she go back? It's, yeah. not, it's oh. not pleasant no matter what scale you use. Yeah. It is, it's, it's just pretty, cold. Pretty rough. Uh, Adam is the uh, senior strategist for covers, uh, 14 years in NFL bookmaking. Uh, which, by the way, is a, um, a fascinating background, which we've never really gotten into on the show, which we should one day. Um, I saw that on Twitter. Are you talking about when he went to the to yeah, the Costa Rica? Yeah, like I didn't know any of these stories about you, Adam. I these know, are fascinating good stuff, Adam. Yeah, you. you yeah, it was a it was a weird eight to ten years bouncing around the Caribbean, but uh, <laughs> we ended up in a good spot. And you guys, you, Las Vegas Chris and Adam, you two do a podcast together for covers, which is called. It was covers contest weekly, but we, it, we I, 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 I'll be honest, I'm here for you guys because I got a text from Chris yesterday. All I said was, you are a hack. And that was it. <laughs> that was the extent of the text. So I'm here for you three. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, LBC and I have some, some discussion to have about a game here that well, we no, are you imposing sides on. You said Westgate was the first to go to four on, on Cincinnati. Uh, on two different shows. Called you a hack. And, and, and Circa was at four. And the, Circa the was the first. Going four first. Is this is this what your guys' podcast is like? It is. It is. You go after each other. Kind of the extension. <laughs> and Adam, of course, does the simple handicap as well, which is his uh, bread and butter year round. You doing golf again this year, Adam? I've I've given up on trying to beat golf. Really? I, I know who wins at it. I know how they win at it, and I just I don't have the energy to try and compete anymore. Wow. Ooh, could you could you expand on that? That's fascinating. Not the who, the how. Well, okay, so there's one source of information that's like a well-respected model that's publicly posted Sunday night. And for years, it, it, it's been like that, but now it's become very popular. And books have caught on to it, too, because there's now an agreement between the site and the book where there's lines that are displayed on site. And so it, it's now, it's like an eight, eight to 10 minute race Sunday night to beat any lines that move relative to that model. Hmm. And then on Tuesday evening, there is a sports book that for years have, has posted golf matchups. Um, but now they're doing it and that's become kind of widely known as well. And so it's just a race to beat that. So for me, I'm looking at golf this year as you're either in that race trying to compete to get your numbers before anyone else gets them or those those models move the prices, or you're trying to figure out where that model and that sports book are wrong and going against it the other way, but I don't have a way to do that either. And so last year I was just betting into numbers that 
were just getting destroyed, and it just became very hard to compete. So now with other have stuff you ever going tried life, calling kind of uh, taking a step back? Calling the hotel room at three o'clock in the morning uh, to go against the golfer that you're going against, you know, like wake him up in the middle of the night or something. Would that work? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There's there's a story when there was when we were dealing with the COVID stuff and the tour shut down, but we had the outlaw tour going. It was very easy to call the courses in Arizona that they were playing at, and like they were just willing to talk for 10, 15 minutes. So there was a lot of really good stuff that was coming directly from the courses on like who was there, who was practicing. Who John Rom has and diarrhea you're, you're just, today. I was just calling pro like shops that. with nothing to do all day. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that was very uh, that was fascinating. I'm I'm fascinated by that. I'd actually like to bend your ear about that uh, elsewhere. That that's that's and what I like about that though, also Adam is what's not being spoken here is just a recognition that sometimes. It ain't worth it, right? And that sometimes you know when you're beat kind of thing. Not when you're beat, but you know that it's not worth it to you to expend the the resources on trying to beat something that's sort of gamed, if you will. Nice second The exact same thing happened to me six, seven years ago with in-play women's tennis. That was – I was huge into it. And then it just – one season you could tell that, like, okay, this is going away. And it was just – when you know, you know. You can't do it anymore. Yeah. Who appears on more podcasts weekly? Adam or Drew? I'm going to say Drew. Drew. Drew's I think everywhere. So too. Yeah, Drew's yeah. everywhere. Drew is everywhere. That's not a, that's not a knock on Adam. No, 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 no. Yeah. I just but they're both prolific. 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 Well, Adam has the he has the indoor record for Alberta, I believe. We <laughs> the indoor, not the outdoor. He does not hold the outdoor. Well, where's Adam going? Outdoor. He's not going outside to do stuff apparently. Yeah, well, that's why yeah, we're locked. Yeah. Shut it. Gil, the conversion is negative a half degree Fahrenheit. Oh my goodness! Thank so you. So below that. zero. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I'll you tell you the your interesting car in? thing about Drew before we continue please. bashing the cold. Yeah, um, please. In like 2015, 2016, there was a huge group chat of like a lot of people that are now like on shows or they've got their own like network deals or anything that have sort of progressed. And like he was in there, I was in there. There were other people that we've all seen on shows too. And it's weird. I like everybody kind of knew each other before there was really like a content space around betting. And everyone's just kind of like progressed in their own direction. And so like it's it's amazing to see what he does and how much success he's had. But it's fun to remember like we all kind of started together in like a spot. But was like it, Gil, you your show has been around for more what eleven, twelve years, like very much you've been one of the pioneers in that. So it's like fun and everything's kind of coming together now. It, it's it's so great to think about how it's how it's all evolved. Was your chat was that tennis heavy back in the day? I think Drew told me it was, wasn't it? Or was that a different thing? A lot of tennis, a lot of football, yeah. and just, like, a lot of different, like, betting insights that were coming. It was a lot sort of fueled offshore, obviously, at the time. But um, now with, like, it's kind of evolved and everyone went their other direction once things became regulated. But well, it was... I, I, I want to compliment you and Drew both since we're, since we're talking about both of you in tandem before we get to your picks here because we want to hear your top two picks. But the thing that I think makes both of you so great, if I may, is that... It, here's the thing with most sports bettors. They're either really bad, that's the first one thing, right? Or they're so, you know, I don't know what the word is, but they're so wrapped up in their sports betting world that they're incapable of communicating 
what they do. They're just a very sort of, not Asperger's-y, but just they're a certain type of person that is not, their strength is not communication. You and Drew are sharp betters who really can communicate on a level that doesn't speak down to people, that doesn't sound like you're too above brow. And I just, the, the highest compliment I can give is that, that you're able to do that. So kudos to you on that, man. No, he does it. He does it as well as anybody. So I completely agree there. We want to hear your picks, Adam, more than anything. Your your top pick divisional round this week. What do you got? Well, I, I went Niners at six this morning. I was kind of stuck a lot of the week, but I like San Francisco quite a bit. I can't, I can't justify that number being that big. And the only way that I could get there is if I'm putting a lot of value into the first round by a lot of value into going on the road for San Francisco into Lambeau and home field advantage and what that might equate to, because it seems like the injury report in general for San Francisco right now is a lot more positive than what we saw sort of Monday morning, Tuesday morning, where like this was a number that really realistically should have been four. And the only reason we're up to six now is because of those like the assumed impact of those injuries, which I think will be less than we ever thought it was earlier in the week. And so I was I was pretty happy to take six. Obviously, if there's a setback for Garoppolo, this bet is dead. But <laughs> That's right. if he plays and is healthy, um, which I think he will be enough to, to maneuver this offense and just this matchup they have on the ground against the Packers defense. So I, I just think it's too many points. That makes, what is that, four of us now on the Niners? Yeah, Todd, was... were you on the Niners? You stayed away from that. No, game. no, he had totals. I stayed away from I, I stayed away from it. I just yeah. figured to give something different because I'm way behind anyways. That's four of us on the Niners plus the points. Todd, you're mathematically eliminated. You're not way behind. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry that you're I'm just, mathematically eliminated. Done. You got me, you Mikey. You you're got out. me. You're, you're going to be mathematically I'd like eliminated. to point out your Circa Million 3 entry did go 50 at yes, 40. Thank, I'd you, like to... thank you. Thank you, Mikey. How much did he win Mike. on that? Yeah. And anyways, what does I that do, though? What does that do for the Raj bodies everybody. and the Trip Teppers? What does that do for them? They need winners on this podcast. <laughs> the Raj bodies and, and the Trip, trip teppers. teppers. We love Raj body and we love Trip Tepper. And they love Todd. Uh, who does not? Well, some people. <laughs> Adam, uh, look, number... I told you not to bet pregame in the NFL. Even your you guys with your stellar twenty-seven, <laughs> twenty-nine, and one record would not have shown a profit, my um, friend. I'm... In game is where it's at in the uh, national. Excuse football. me, I'm twenty-eight and twenty-eight. <laughs> I was talking to Mike. Mike, I was talking to Mike's filthy okay. mouth, not yours. <laughs> How dare you shortchange me, uh, Adam? What's uh, what do you like besides that? What's your number two? So I think we have to go Titans Bengals here and get that discussion out. I obviously missed uh, what you guys might have got into with that. Am I allowed to give out a prop, or is that against the rules? You're allowed to do whatever you sure. want. It won't count as your number two, but you're allowed to give that out too. Okay. So an another bet that I got into this morning was Julio over 45 receiving yards, 45 and a half. Um, and the reason being because the Henry return. So – We've heard kind of in the last 12 hours, 16 hours, that uh, he's sort of going to be capped out at 15 touches. That's kind of the limit that they're putting on him. So there's still going to be like usage for Foreman. But with how similar they are, I think the actual biggest impact that Henry's going to have returning is how much he's going to open up the Titans passing game. 
there was eleven percent of snaps this season for the Titans were played with Brown, Julio, and Henry on the field, and Tannehill had like nine and a half yards per attempt relative to just over five without them. So I actually think it's a big passing game opportunity for Tennessee overall. And so with kind of this front seven for Cincinnati banged up, they're not really going to be able to cheat. So that kind of limits them in the middle, and it's going to put defensive backs for Cincinnati kind of on a bit of an island behind that first level of the defense. So obviously it's going to be a sellout to stop Brown. Julio is going to get really soft coverage because of that. So I think it's going to be a big game for Jones. Um, but I'm also intrigued by the Titans as well, although where the number is now, I don't love it. And this is where Chris and I were disagreeing uh, when it was coming to where the number is and where it might ultimately be going. So if, if I had to give a second bet that wasn't the prop, I would be looking at Tennessee. There we go. Tennessee. So you, you me, and Mikey, same exact two picks. Although we had Tennessee first, San Francisco yep. second. And the Julio Jones thing is, is interesting, Adam, because I got uh, Ed Fang from the Power Rank was on a numbers game yesterday, and he was talking about how he thought that Tennessee was way overrated and that Dante, Dante Foreman's rushing yards and runs after contact are, the exact, are kind of the same as Derrick Henry's. And I pushed back on it. I love Ed. Ed's my guy. But I pushed back on it, and I just said, this is, this is sort of the uh, – the moment where analytics goes overboard to me, right? Like, I love analytics as much as the next guy, but it's sort of like, Todd, you'll appreciate this. I brought up the Dr. Bob thing when he said that Kevon Looney meant more to the Warriors than Clay Thompson did, right? It's sort of the Pootie Tang moment, if you're ever familiar with Chris Rock's character, Pootie Tang, where the whole bit was Pootie Tang spoke in gibberish, and Chris Rock would ask him three consecutive questions. He would answer in gibberish, and Chris Rock would be like, yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. And then Pootie Tang would speak of the fourth answer in gibberish too and chris rock would be like what motherfucker what the fuck are you talking about and he'd kick him off the show and i felt like the dr bob kevin kevon looney thing and ed saying that about derrick henry and dante foreman that's the pootie tang moment to me where it's like okay there's clearly something in that number that doesn't capture the broader point of a team sport right it's different in tennis or in baseball which is an individual sport disguised as a team sport my opinion where when there's too many moving parts, then it becomes a little more nebulous. And so I guess, Adam, what I'm, with the, the Julio Jones thing, isn't that exactly it, that Derrick Henry somehow makes everything open up for Ryan Tannehill? It's one of the aspects anyway. Yeah, this is, this is not a bet on the Titans because Henry's going to be really successful and, and run for 200 yards. He, he might. He, we haven't seen him play in nine weeks. I'm not discounting that. But every snap that he's on the field – completely changes how teams have to defend this offense. And it just opens up so much in the past. So that's exactly I agree completely. Do you think Yo, can I push back against you on your whole on your thing? Well go ahead and ask yeah, no, but I was just gonna say, push... do you think that they stick to the pitch count? Do you think that if Derrick Henry starts busting out runs that they're gonna stick to fifteen carries if it's a tight game? Ah, good question. I yeah, he came out after the interview yesterday, and they're like, what's the biggest difference now versus earlier in the season? And he's like, well, I have a giant metal plate in my foot. So it's like, <laughs> you hear that, and you're like, it's not, like, he's not 100%. There's no way. And so yeah. it's hard to say, but, like, if he's going wild, they might give him a few extra touches. But it just seems like 
his impact overall is a little bit overstated to what it actually means for the passing game in this offense, which I think is more important. Todd, you were going to say? I was just going to say that I, I, I sort of hear a little bit about what Ed Fang is saying. I understand what you're saying, and I, I don't discount what you're saying. I just think that in the running back is the one position where if you're the best running back, you're not that much better than every other great running back versus, say, receiver or quarterback. Meaning, let's say that the the the, the elite running backs are a 1.2 and the average running backs a 1. Derrick Henry, say, a 1.35. Whereas on the receivers, it might be, you know, the average receiver's a 1, the real good ones are a 1.2, and Cooper Cup's a 1.6. My, my point is that running back just cannot, due to the fact that he's so... Um, the, he, he depends so much on his line and his holes, the Najee Harris situation where he gets zero holes running. And if you have a good line, granted, Derek, I'm not I'm not taking away what you're saying, Gilly. I agree with what you're saying. I still think Derek Henry and is obviously a difference maker. I just think the amount of difference is not as much as in another and I don't And I don't disagree with what you're saying. I do think there are exceptions to the rule. And I think in the case of Derek Henry, you have a guy who has more potential to bust out long ones in a way that he actually is a sort of unicorn. I see you nodding at him. Yeah, Todd, I, I, I agree completely. But, Gil, like you were saying, so it's like Henry's probably the exception now. Maybe Dalvin Cook to an extent. But then in the past, it was like when Zeke was like prime Zeke. You mean when he could run? Was sort of built around him. He was worth a lot more than an average running back ever used to be. And then it was like Adrian Peterson back with the Vikings nine, ten years ago, whatever it was now. That was kind of the exception. So there's always like – in Barry general, Sanders I think that's exactly exception. right. But there's always like one or two guys at the most the season for running back where the offense is just so built around what they do. In this case, it's the Titans with play action. It, it works with any running back. It doesn't matter who's back there. But for whatever, just that big playability Henry has just opens up play action that much more and how much the Titans depend on it. I think it's it's like the exception in the league right Oh, no, I totally agree with what you're saying about making it more able to throw because the other team's going to key on on Henry. But I just meant that – so I guess, yeah, to, to that extent, it helps the overall offense a lot, of course. Yeah. I want to ask uh, – we're not going to ask the normal two questions at the end, but I want to ask sort of three here at the end. What, what about is, our teasers? We have to do our teasers. Oh, our teasers of the week. Okay, yes, our teasers. I'm sorry. Thank you, Todd. Todd goes first. Yo, would you, Todd, you go first because you have a half Mikey, game what's lead. What's the over-under over on how many times Gil will mess up the format <laughs> in a 20-week Megapod season? Will he mess up the format more than 12 and a half or less than 12 and a half? I put it about no, 12 and a half. I would go with 10 and a half. I do too much. Every other week. Every other week. My br I have no yeah. brain anymore. I really I'll don't. I'll take the over. I mean, you don't, you don't work enough. I mean, I you're only on the air a couple times a day. That's it. Um, so whatever. So you're first, Anyways. Todd, because we, we're going to beat I'll you. Go with the teaser. I'll go with the teaser of the Buff Bills plus the eight and a half, I believe, is what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just for the obvious reasons why you would want that. I also think the Bills can hang with them. And I'm also going to go uh, with the Rams because I did like the Rams as my third pick. I am the only thing that I'm afraid of, is, of course, is Stafford. But if I can get nine points with the Rams, I'm less afraid. I do think, and I thought all the last eight weeks, there's something wrong with the Bucks. You went with so the, give me uh, Bills plus eight and a half, Rams plus nine. You went with the traditional John Ferguson tweet, uh, teaser there. 
Well, yeah, I've got to hold my half-game lead. They stand for a long teaser. The, Mikey? The real name usage. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> the traditional John Ferguson, uh, who apparently was in uh, San Diego, we're told. Mikey, you want to do yours first? Yeah, I'm forced to use game theory here as we yeah, come down too. to the end. Me too. So I'm going to adjust. I'm going to go 49ers, and I'm going to tease through the zero with the Titans. Oh! Because I'm already on the Rams, and I'm oh. on the Chiefs. Okay. So I wait, have to catch up, Chris. I have to catch okay. up. I only have a, I have two picks, and I'm a half behind. I have to catch up with them. I'm so going you have Niners, zero. Niners plus twelve. It's game theory here. Game theory, you can't. You're right. Yes, You're it's Adam. Game theory. And what Adam said is so true. What? What? Don't say that on Twitter. It's very true. <laughs> oh, the shit you'll get. I already <laughs> tweeted that. You know, I'm all I had set, a tweet on. I'm that. all set it on our show that he teases through zero in real life. Oh, does well, he? He, he got he got he got bullied. Well, and he should be suspended. He should be suspended. suspended from the network for a No, that's equal to a DUI. Yeah, you know, like if you're a player, that's equal to a DUI. Or Get him out of there. Something. What would what would what would the Jewish carpenter do? Would he tease through zero, Mikey? <laughs> no, he 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 turned over the money changers tables. Uh, no gambling. Chris, what's so your Niners plus twelve? Oh, Titans plus two and a half. I should give mine for the confirm, purposes of our contest. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing Rams. Really? Can I confirm, Mikey, for one second so oh, I write it down properly? Niners sake. plus 12, Titans plus two and a half, Mikey, yes. is that correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, now go ahead, Gilly. The, the stenographer needs to get it down. Go ahead. Todd, don't give the impression that I'm the one that interrupts here, please, <laughs> For just for impressing the guests. Um, I just wanted to get it correct. No, I understand. I'm going to go uh, Rams-Niners. Rams-Niners. Rams plus nine and Niners plus 12. Chris? You know, last year I came up with a with the uh, a different or a different way of doing the teasers with the three pointers, right? Because there was no teaser that week, so there's no teaser for me this week. But what I like to do, what I've started to do, is I start with a multi-purpose teaser. So I have a specific pur purpose. If I've got two different games starting at two different times, I'm using that value into something else. So let's just say uh, we'll probably get a four or four and a half on Tennessee the way everybody loves Tennessee. You know, if you can get over that ten and a half, if you can get to like ten and a half on that and you were going to bet Cincinnati anyway, why bet plus four? Bet the, you know, take it over that ten and treat that as an isolated wager into something else that you already know you're going to bet that you haven't bet later on. If you like Green Bay, bet you know, and it, and it's six. It, it, it's plumb. The line's plummeting as we speak. It's down to five. But if it, it's, it's if it's six, take Green Bay pick into something you're betting already on Sunday. And I try try to do use the teasers like that. Uh, but you know, just on two teams by themselves, obviously I would take Buffalo and uh, and the Rams. But I don't like marrying. I think teasers are becoming a lot more difficult. Uh, As shown by our records. But I think that they can be valuable if you're using them for different purposes. If you've got one standalone game, like on the Thursday night games during the regular season, if you can move that into the Saturday or Sunday or Monday game, that's the way you use it. You make a full unit, and you can you can split it up. Let's just say, you know... Uh, you know, you're, you're if you bet if you're a hundred dollar better, you 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 put four different bets into four. You know, you put one, you know, one major bet into the third the first game, and then you spread it out amongst other games you're playing. You know, later on at a different point because it gives you a bailout too. It gives you the options to middle, 
get off the game that gets you extra points. They're just flexible. And I think the same thing bodes well with parlays also. And you can do that actually with the alternate lines now. Yeah. In, in a lot of the, in a lot of the legal jurisdictions, you know, once in a while I'll, I'll mess around with like plus eleven and a half in one game, where I'm getting nine points in one game, I'm getting five and a half in another game, and mix and match them together in, in essentially creating your own custom made teaser. And that, you know, that's another thing I like to say about Buffalo, Kansas City. It, that's a game where I want to see what the alternate lines are. You know, that game could be all over the place, so you might find some. Some good value there. If if you're betting if you're betting Buffalo Kansas City on the line, aren't you just an action junkie at this point? Probably because I don't know how you predict. Uh, you, you know Buffalo's inconsistent. Yeah. Kansas City's more steady Eddie, um, but the but, but I think I could see more variance. I mean, you just don't know what's going to go there. Adam, what's your favorite teaser if you were forced to bet one? At Bet Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary. At Bet Three Six Five, twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred GAMBLER. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, "Somebody's in the house," and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Ew. I forced to bet when you probably have to go same as what Chris said, Buffalo, LA, just numbers wise, but I'm I'm not running to bet that one. Buffalo. But like you said, like that the variance in that Buffalo KC game that that can go so many different directions. Yeah, I agree. It's but you know, I do want to get back to that teasing through the zero thing. Yes. Because I don't know whether people realize it. You're better off seeking out the alternate plus three and a half line rather than exactly. rather than teasing through the zero. You're going to actually pay a better price just betting that side, that direction. And, and another reason to remember why you don't do it: every single number you go through, two one zero one two, all five of those numbers <laughs> are are all less valuable That's right. than every single number you go through in a Wong teaser. That's so right. think about it. You're, you're losing equity every single number. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of equity when it adds up. And the other way to, th exactly. And the other way to think about it is if you think about, if you think about people who tease in other sports, how those numbers are not as valuable as key numbers in the NFL. And so what you're doing teasing through the zero is reducing the importance of teasing in the NFL, right? Yeah. If you were playing in a contest, and it was a teaser contest, and you had two weeks left, and you were trailing by a game. Oh, no, but you didn't. No, 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 no but I'm going to ask you about this. But you handicapped that you think Tennessee is, is, is better by eight, and this line is four, right? And so you're on Tennessee in life. But you have to tease this game through game theory. Are you better off to tease against what you handicapped the game and take Cincinnati up to ten than going through the zero? 
Well, I'm, I'm going with what, I, if I'm secure with my handicapping, I have to go yeah, with what I'm right, handicapping. Right, correct. Okay. All right. Here, So let's do rapid fire last three questions. Right. One, uh, we'll just go around the horn here. If you had to bet a side in each of these, th three of the four, but one that you, you hated the most, that game is? Force the city. We all agreed. Kansas City. Yeah, we all agree Everybody that. believes that? Adam, you too? Okay. Yeah. We all agree. 100%. That. Okay. Uh, next question. Rank for me from most likely to least likely the dogs winning outright. Chris, most likely to least likely. Oh, I'm going to go with uh, the le I'm going to go backward. I think Cincinnati is probably the least likely. Okay. And right. San Francisco, Buffalo, the Rams. I think the Rams are the most likely dog to win. Okay, so Rams. So Rams, Buffalo, San Francisco, Cincinnati. Bills, Rams, San Francisco, Cincinnati. Todd? I think the Rams are the most likely to win as a dog, and then uh, Cincinnati's least likely, I would say. Adam? Bills, Niners, Rams, Bengals. Hmm. Bills, Niners, Rams, Bengals. I will most go. Most likely to least likely. Yeah, I will go. I will go Rams, Bills, Niners, Bengals. Uh, okay, and then the final question. Let's do that little guessing lines thing, Mike, okay. for for the for the championship games. Yeah. And you guys can just call these out. Uh, if Tennessee hosts Kansas City, the line will be. Assuming Wouldn't it no depend injuries, on how they look. Though? It, it will. Obviously, there are caveats, right? But let's just say it. Nothing crazy happens. There's no slam dunk blowout. Let's just say it's kind of close to form and there's no major injuries. Just play along, Toddy. Tennessee hosting Kansas City would be what? Kansas City's favorite, right? By, by how much? Two and a half. Two and a half. Mm. Interesting. One. One. I say pick them. Really? I think some people think some people think Kansas City would be favored by more than three. I don't. I don't. You know, either. Tennessee did win Buffalo twenty-seven to three. The score was twenty-seven to yeah. three when the two teams played each other. That has to mean something. I'm not saying it means a no. lot. It has to mean something. Uh, Does it mean anything? If Kansas City, I think so. If Kansas City hosted Buffalo, what would that be? I mean, if mean uh, Tennessee. Tennessee hosted hey, Buffalo, you skipped over me. Oh, sorry, Tennessee. I'm sorry. I thought you were like. I'm going to say three. Three? Oh, you will say three. I so will say three. There's he's my the, three. He's the some people. He's my three. <laughs> Who are they and what they say? They. Bernie That's Horowitz. Bernie Horowitz. If, uh, if Tennessee hosts Buffalo, what's that line? One. Chris. Buffalo one, I'm saying. Yeah. Chris. Man of the people. I'm, what it will be will be less than three. <laughs> two. I'll say two. Todd. I want to go less than seven. <laughs> I think it's also right around a pick. Adam. I mean, all these games are going to be tight. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll I make it close to a pick, but if the Bills beat Kansas City, everyone's going to want it. It'll be adjusted yeah. up. It'll be yeah. two and a half. Buffalo's yeah. minus two, and it could hit three. All right, and if 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 Kansas City or Buffalo hosted Cincinnati, what are those numbers? Kansas City and Buffalo both together, what would they be? Kansas City would be six and a half. I'm gonna say seven. Okay, I say six and a half. You said seven too, Adam. Buffalo. Would, I'm with you, seven. And Buffalo, would, or what do you say Kansas City would be? Uh, it would be a seven even. Todd? 
I even say maybe seven and a half. And Buffalo hosting Cincinnati would be? Six. Yeah, a little less. Six, I'll say. Six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. I'm with all you guys on that. All right, NFC, last thing. Green Bay hosts the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because that whole Brady wave is going to be the narrative still. They got by the Rams. Two and a half. I want to take Green Bay right now. Can I bet Green Bay in the look ahead? Two and a half. I'll take Green Bay right now. Chris, two and a half you like? You think? Yeah, I think that's where it will be. What about if it's the Rams? Three and a half. Through the three. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Chris, you got a thought? I think that that is three. I do, too. Uh, and, and the Packers will crush the Rams at home. Oh, you got, they will one, you crush got another way. And the last win, right? one, the last one will be if the Niners travel. Sorry to sorry to bother you. If the Niners travel to Tampa Bay, what will that be? And then the Niners traveling to the Rams. What will both of those be? What about Florida State against North Florida in college basketball? <laughs> in game the Ospreys right now. Niner, right Niner, now, Ospreys. Niners get three at Tampa Bay. Get two and a half in L.A. Okay. About right. Florida yeah. State's up seventy-two fifty-six. Yeah, good numbers. Ago. Good numbers. Okay. You like that, Chris? Yeah. Can I say one thing? And this in is, And I yes, have sir. to run. Yeah. I was sitting talking to Matt Metcalf mm-hmm. in the book Friday about the national championship game. Why don't you the tell the people the who that is, Mikey? People don't know who that is. Tell them. He's a, he he has a role in the sports book here at Circa. <laughs> Runs the sports book. He said, if Georgia had Saban as their head coach, and Alabama had Kirby. Oh wow! Oh wow! He'd have made that game thirteen and a half. Come on! I'm just telling you. Wow! Thirteen and a half. Yeah, that's how much better Georgia was talent-wise. You know than what the Alabama. name of that? You know what the name of that segment should be? Hyperbole. You think so? Yes. Thirteen and a half. And what about the What about the insurance salesman who uh, played? He's not saying the market the would the market would tolerate. He's just saying that's what his true number on the game would be. Wow! Got to run. Thanks, Mike Adam. Palm. Thanks, Chris. Good seeing you, Mike. All right, guys. Thanks, Mike. I think we've done all we can do, gentlemen. There we go. We got all our picks. Thank you, Adam, for coming after your shows. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for doing that. Of course. Stay Haley, with I think you forgot to late. do your uh, CBA MVP special. <laughs> See, Todd, what Todd is, uh, Todd is alluding to, Todd hates more than anything when we have segments on, on the network. doesn't have to be my show. I do less of it than everybody else does. Todd hates when we devote entire segments to awards markets. He hates that. I, I hate it, too. I do. Oh, I, just, I shut you know, it off. So subjective. I shut it well, off. Well, it's because John is this year. You know, he wiped his tuchus three times this year. And that obviously, everyone knows that the more you wipe your tuchus, the more chances you have this year. So it's like ridiculous. But you have to understand that but we have to fill a bajillion hours of content. Oh. I, I understand. I don't That's know how you should talk about schedule and still stay fresh. It's very impressive. Oh, I'm about to die, Adam. Though I'm not fresh. Okay. Yeah, content-wise, maybe fresh, but I'm about to die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I I leave everything out on the table, then I go home and I, I go into a fetal position in the corner of my apartment. By the way, before we leave, can I just ask you, Adam, aside from golf that you feel like is unbeatable because of that, what other sports, throw out the NFL because we all know how hard that is, what other sport would you, like, take a look at it and go, wait, too much, I can't do this, it's too hard for me? What what would you say? Besides golf that you said is basically just a race. Yeah, I got you. Um, I, I, just because of how I operate and how I 
I anything that's like really heavily model driven, and I know most of it is, but like like if you take something like like I was saying the WTA in play specifically. So like five, six years ago, like the like you would take like someone like Anna Ivanovic, or, or for example, who was just deadly when she was down a set, like one of the best comeback players ever. And like that was always super underpriced and not accounted for. And then a lot of data started coming out and like that disappeared immediately. And so there were like a lot of those really good like subjective angles in tennis, especially in play, that you could bet a lot of. And now like most of those are completely gone. So like right, that's so an what example other sport? of one where there was and now it, it's getting oh, really okay. difficult. So like tennis would be one for me personally. A lot of other people still have success. Gil, you have a ton. But it's just for how I approach it. I find tennis now really tough. Um, I would say hockey is another one that with like the last three to four years with like the advanced stats that have come in and expected goals is just brutal. And then it's not like like the Premier League and like bigger soccer leagues were ever beatable. Like those kind of were always the most difficult. But now you're seeing that ripple effect into like smaller country domestic leagues too where it went from like you could have just like a really basic like knowledge at like a player level and just based on lineups and sourcing news in a lot of these smaller domestic leagues you could find advantages just knowing like 20 to 30 key players and valuing if they're in and out that's all completely gone now too because you can do so much at a player level and do it so quickly that it's so difficult to compete with that now as well Geez, Adam, when you put it that way, do you ever have thoughts in your head ever like, I got to hang, like, I don't ever, I think there might be a shelf life to all of this. Oh, every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like what they did. There was an yeah. article on the New York Times about how AI is destroying poker because AI has now taught poker players to play the optimum strategy in poker. And I think really what Adam is saying, that's kind of leaking over now into the more information that's out there into these sports, make them more and more unbeatable. Well, so a good story. I had Matthew Davidow, who I'm sure you guys know. Yep. Um, I was chatting with him on the Daily Show we're doing now, and he we were talking about like in-play markets in the NFL, and we got into the win game specifically, the Buffalo New England game, and I was asking him, and I was like, how quickly did it take you to adjust to what was actually going on the field? Because he's writing the programs that set the prices for Circa and other books and stuff, and he's like, we adjusted to it very quickly. But then I was asking him, and I was like, what's your biggest weakness in a spot like that? And he's like, it wasn't the wind direction or the teams going or adjusting for the quarter prices or anything like that. But he's like, it was actually, it took the longest to adjust to the Mac Jones in-play completion prop. Because it was just so far out there, you couldn't get to a number and justify that price. And so when we were going back and forth, he's like, it's getting to the point, and kind of what I was saying with golf, where it's like, there are these models that are out there and you have to figure out like where they're going to be wrong or what the weakness is rather than like trying to find angles within the games. But so like in a case like that, it's like, here's this event where it's like, there's the win game and it's completely altering everything that's going on. But there are like, there's the main event that everyone focuses on. It's windy. I'm going to bet the under like that gets priced in right away. But when you like the ripples that come from that, where you're going to like, okay, there's the wind, which means it's going to be under. Well, then there's the quarter prices. Well, then there's the field goal props. Well, then there's, and you have to go so far out now to where it's like, 
well, actually, the wind is going to impact all of this, but I'm going to bet under completions on this quarterback because of it. And that's where, like, these these pricing models are becoming the weakest. And so that's where you kind of have to hunt now. But it's just, it's so hard to, like, creatively think to get to that level, which in something like but golf I still think stuff, it's brutal. But, Adam, I still think in football, sometimes because they have to be wedded to the pregame number so much and because there's not that many games that the modeling is taking into account, there are games that are just off. Like, for instance, the Rams-Arizona Cardinal game. It didn't matter what they're going to make it. If you see that early enough, you can catch it. Like, if you can recognize that this game is not the way it was supposed to be, I still think there are edges in, in the uh, in the in-game football. I mean, I don't know what uh, you guys I, think. I think there is, too. I think a case like that, though, is, like, if you look at the pregame scenario, I think there's a lack of data on a team leading by 21 nothing in that dominating of a fashion yeah, at home to, like, accurately set that number. Whereas, like, oh, if yeah, it no, was a game no, that's that hard. closed. What's that? That's hard. But, I mean, in that scenario, I would look more at team totals. Is Arizona going to score two touchdowns or more? Because, like, for instance, in that game, I had under, I believe, under 17 and a half. Because I noticed pretty quickly after, like, two or three series, Kyler Murray can't move the ball. I'll take under 17 and a half. Now, did that mean I was going to win? Not for sure, because it all comes down to the garbage time. You have to be able to notice, are they going into prevent? Because once they're going to prevent, you got to get back on the over of your team total. You know what I mean? So you have to watch. It's like the Steeler game against Kansas City. When Kansas City was trying on defense, they could have stopped the Steelers for 100 years in a row. But as soon as the, the Kansas City got ahead by enough, you're like, oh, now they're going to let the Steelers score. And that's exactly what happened. I think any of us who watches football could see that Kansas City went into a massive prevent defense once they got ahead 28-7. to And I feel like that's where the edges are in realizing, okay, how has the game fundamentally shifted just now? Well, it's interesting because, okay, I think you're right, but – just showing how people think about this differently. So in that scenario, Monday night, I went Rams team total over in the second half because to me, like a fundamental difference in playoffs versus the regular season, which I think is tough to price in play, is that teams don't stop playing on offense as much as they do in the regular season. And so I think we see a stark difference of like the Bills or the Chiefs or the Rams, they kept scoring. They didn't stop. They were still, the Rams were running throwback passes in the middle of the third quarter up three scores. You're not seeing that regular season. But like where you went to that angle of looking at the team under or going the other way because of the, the prevent defense, like my head went the other way where it's like, well, this team's going to keep scoring and it's betting on a team that you maybe not. You're not making that bet in the regular season. Yeah, and let me interject because that, that's an interesting sort of nuanced conversation where, Todd, you're talking about recognizing defenses and there's a difference of opinion even there in terms of how a team will play it, playoffs, regular season. What about something much more defined? Like in a baseball game, a blowout baseball game, where they've run out of pitchers and they throw in a skill position player to go on the mound. Those in-game totals don't appear to me anyway to adjust. They're getting better, though, Gilly. They're getting, They're getting better. better. They're getting better. <laughs> Absolutely getting better. It used to be, by the way, it used uh, to be they were totally terrible. And we would go on seventh inning watch of the book and be like, look uh, out, a position player could be coming right. in every time. Was, terrible, terrible. The amount of texts that get thrown around in those moments are, were amazing. But... Like that to me is okay. That to me is a less is a much less debatable thing, right? That to everybody gets. Oh, this guy is not here to pitch. This could get ugly. Now we've seen some times where they've been successful, and it's always amusing. 
But largely, you, you immediately go and you're like, oh, oh, it's this is over. Like, this is not adjusted as much as it should. And they're getting, It's. I think it's a great example of it's getting better, but it's like, to your point, Todd, earlier, it's like, you can't really adjust something like that enough, can you? Maybe you can. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. Yeah. Sometimes you can. Yeah. And that's the thing about football is like Wake Forest played Army this year in college football. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but it was like, it was so obvious that there's, there is no number possible based off the original number that can be right. Uh, BYU-Virginia was another game just like that. Every single drive was a touchdown, and it wasn't even hard touchdown. It was like pass for 12 yards, pass for 25 yards, pass for 12 yards. You know, it was so ridiculous, and they still have to be wedded. Now, they can adjust it up a little bit, but if there's three quarters of the game left and the game was a, a 60, there's only 45 more points that they can move. Now, can they bump it to 48? Sure, they can make it 48, but they can't make it 58. And that's what they should have done in some of those games. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And that's where I think there's 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 advantages, you know, especially also in the in the team totaling. If you see, I won so much this year, especially against college teams, team total under, recognizing early after two or three sets, this team's averaging 1.5 yards a play. They're done. And the other team is not going to let them get more than two touchdowns. You could get over 14 and a half. You almost have to take the under 14 and a half in that scenario. You know what I mean? And of course, there's things that can be the two point conversion. There's different things that can can hurt you. But I really feel there's 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 angles there. Yeah, and, and that's like if you're talking like a new better who's just starting now, like they're never going to have the same experiences that we're eight, nine, ten. It's gone forever. Yeah. And so it's like, where do you start now? Aside from having the obvious, like as many books as you can, as many prices, compare, get the best number. It's like find the games with the situation that's like the outlier and that's weird where something's going on that gives you kind of like these fringe ripple scenarios off of some event that changes the game because that's where you're going to find value in today's betting world and and even and even then it's right there's no still no guarantees there was you know arena sabalenka last night i was on air so i didn't get i, I wasn't part of this but apparently she had the yips with her serve in the first set last night, and people were going nuts, like, oh, my God, she can't put in a serve. Right? She lost the first set, 6-1. And then, of course, she, like, you know, she regrouped and she won the match. So I'm sure a lot of people lost their shirt on that, too, you know, thinking, oh, this yeah, is – Well, you can't yeah. win them all, that, No, but that's my point, right? <laughs> yeah, Even then, yeah. with all the advantages we might be able to identify, the gig is you're not going to win them all, right? That's it. It could still come back and hurt you in a, in a bet that you weren't even going to make in the first place, so – I wouldn't say you put yourself in like an average better shoes that who's like trying to do that. Yeah. And it's like so they go and they bet a season of NFL. And like, really, when you're betting the NFL in an average better shoes, like you don't, you're, you feel completely out of control. Like you don't know what you're betting on, but like what you just described, if like more people looked for that and bet on things like that, like that's the type of bet and scenario and angle you remember for a long time. Yes. You feel that there's something like that. You can actually like, put value on and at least it's something whereas so much of this is this team is eight and two on tuesdays at, with like all those trends and it's just it's so much more valuable to think like what you're saying is i'm, I'm glad you brought that up adam because it triggers and this is probably how we should end it because it, it the trend thing how many people in mainstream media or maybe in gambling media brought up the fact that the Arizona Cardinals were eight and one on the road going into that game against the Rams, right? Oh like God. it was the thing. Everybody said, it. and then I let me let me ask for your prediction. 
what percentage of those people that brought it up before the game never mentioned it once again afterwards? <laughs> it's got to be 95% of them. I'll take the over. Yes, I'll take the over. That says everything. It's fascinating. So. I do want to well, say, no... I do want to add, though, when you're talking about finding advantages, I think the, 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 the sport that sticks out like a sore thumb with volatility and, and nuggets to be found is MMA. And I know MMA is not uh, up people's uh, wheelhouse in general. And, and quite frankly, I had no interest in it either. And I don't, I mean, I, but let me tell you that th those markets are all over the place. And you could, if you, there, it, 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 it'll close up, but it's going to take a while. There, there's just so many fights and there's so much volatility. Uh, there's value to be found in there uh, if you put your time in there. Except if I get to the point where I have to bet MMA, I'm quitting gambling <laughs> because I can't watch it. I can't watch it's it. So, I mean, I could yeah. agree with you 100%. I'm sure, Chris, there's there's tremendous value in it. But it's just like, it's just unwatchable for me. I just can't watch two human beings brutalizing each other. I would much rather they put helmets on and do it at the goal line. Thank you. You're yep. Thank you. It's a piece Guys, I appreciate it. We got to run. Uh, Adam Chernoff uh, from the Simple Handicap uh, doing all his stuff at coverage. You said you have a daily show now too, Adam? Yeah, we're experimenting with some stuff for the playoffs. So we just have – it's basically – is it this, it's described Chernoff and Friends, but it's titled Covers Daily. So I'm just having <laughs> having people that's on a, and chatting. That's what Mikey calls a numbers game. He goes, Gill and Friends in the morning. So that, I take that very kindly. I like that actual uh, – yeah, I think it was a knock, but I actually enjoy that. Um, and then the one, and you and Chris do it every Thursday during NFL season. You do your football pies. You're you're everywhere, man. Everywhere. Yeah, it got it got busy down the stretch. I'm waiting busy. for three more weeks to go. Yeah, me too. I'm the same way. Not, listen, by the way, I just want to say this. I am 100% grateful. It is the life I always wanted. So I'm not. I don't want anybody to perceive I'm like you. yeah that I'm that I'm in any way complaining. Las Vegas, Chris. Chris, Chris, before we leave, Chris, oh, do you play yeah. tennis? I used to. Okay, because you could come out and, and be part of our uh, Las Vegas Invitational. If, uh, yeah, if I, I might, I might just do that. But, you know, racquetball ruined my tennis game. So oh, I, interesting. When I was a kid, I played a lot of tennis, and, and I wasn't that bad. Um, and then I played racquetball as like a, a teenager, and that ruined my tennis game. Hmm. Maybe a conversation. Yeah, got the, you've got the hair. You've got the headband hair. <laughs> he does. Set, I could see he was a great 1970s top ten yeah. tennis player. And I had the tennis racket uh, <laughs> throwing down pat and this, the the vulgarity. Ilya Nastasi. <laughs> oh no, Mac You'd show up to the Invitational with a wooden racket. <laughs> <laughs> Tube socks rolled up. It'd be awesome. Uh, Las Vegas, wants Chris. to play me a, uh, again in hey, the end of March, and hey, I made the hey, line 11 and a half. Hey, Todd, can I just wrap it's it up? And we can have this conversation? Yeah, sure, wrap, okay, it up, sure wrap it up. Las Vegas, Chris, thank you for being here. Multiple <laughs> contest winner. Uh, always a contender in every contest. Seems to find a way to win one every year. Todd Wish, Devin, his mom's quirk addict. Skill Alexander, thanks for uh, listening. Best of luck, divisional round. Thanks for listening to the Mega Pod. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.